Hello and welcome to Liver Talk, a podcast series from Liverwell that shares personal and professional stories about hepatitis and liver-related news. Before we commence, we acknowledge the traditional owners of the land wherever you are listening. We pay our respect to the elders, past, present and emerging, and to any Indigenous people who are listening to this podcast. I'm Chloe Pedley from Liverwell and today I'm talking with Sarah Lorimer from Women's Health West. Welcome Sarah. Hi Chloe, thank you for having me today. My absolute pleasure. So Sarah, you're a sexuality educator living in Collingwood but with a strong love and connection to Melbourne's West and your background is Chinese, Indonesian and Australian? Yeah, that's right. And you're passionate about social justice, particularly around gender equity, sexual health rights, and you've spent the past decade specialising in health promotion. Um, Before this, you completed a degree, a Bachelor of Science in Health Promotion and a postgraduate diploma of sexology. In today's podcast, we're going to be talking about Sarah's work at Women's Health in the West. And I would love for you to tell me a little bit more about your role Sure. So I work as a sexual and reproductive health coordinator at Women's Health West, which is based in Footscray. It's an organisation that focuses on gender equity. So part of the work that the organisation does is family violence response. Um, There's also a prevention and health promotion side to things which is where I work. I'm in the Action for Equity, otherwise known as the Sexual and Reproductive Health Team. And most of my work is around sexuality education, as well as talking about healthy relationships and gender equity with different communities in the West. Before lockdown, I was going out a lot into communities and schools, um, which was great. Um, But we've been able to pivot online, which has been really wonderful as well with getting engagement with young people, especially. Um, So yeah, that's pretty much what I do. So one of the things that you've mentioned a couple of times is gender equity. Could you just expand on what that means for our listeners, please? Sure. So I guess in the context of sexual and reproductive health, gender equity is about, um, I guess, making sure that um, everyone, regardless of their gender identity, whether that's um, as a woman, a man, um, if people are gender diverse, um, non-binary, Um, whatever gender expression that you have, that that doesn't limit your access to services and um, things in society or impact, you know, your your health. And I guess with sexual and reproductive health, we know that there's a lot of things that impact women and gender diverse people in different ways. Um, There isn't as much access to to health services um, and a range of different things. So I guess with gender equity, it's making sure and putting things into place to sort of make sure that everyone has equal access and has um, equality, really. Um, So what inspired your interest in health and sexuality? Obviously, this is a really broad area to have studied in particular. Mm -hmm. Um, What what brought you to the to the field? I'm not sure if I can pinpoint exactly what moment um, inspired me, but it was definitely as I was studying um, my undergrad in health promotion and I chose to do an elective in sexology. 
And I just loved it and found it so fascinating um, that I decided to pursue a postgrad diploma in sexology once I finished health promotion. And I think what I find so interesting about it is that human sexuality is something that we all experience and we're all impacted by our understandings and the things that we learn about sexuality, um, including our health and our bodies and our relationships and gender. And for something that's so important, I noticed that it was definitely under-recognized and there wasn't enough conversations happening around it. And I know that, you know, I think it would have been about 10 years ago now that I was doing my sexology degree. And in that time, there's been a lot of really great shifts in a good way of, you know, people having more discussions about consent and relationships and body positivity and sex, but there's still so much work to do. But yeah, I think that's what I found so interesting was that it's just, it's something that's so crucial to people's identities and there's so many different social determinants that impact people's sexual and reproductive health. So to know that there's actually things that can be put into place that help people reflect and think about how they can improve their sexual and reproductive health is, I think, what drives me to do the work that I do. Which leads directly into my next question, because this is kind of a big deal. It's Sexual Health Week. Uh-huh. Um, what does that mean for you and your organisation? Um. Well, I I love Sexual Health Week and I love September because um, not only does it mean that Sexual Health Week is on, there's also other important dates, International Safe Abortion Day and World Contraception Day. And I think all of these things are a really great opportunity for people to receive important information about sexual health. Um, It's a week and it's a month that invites people to to think about sexual health and to receive information from places that are reliable and sex positive. It's not that these conversations don't happen outside of Sexual Health Week, but I think things like Sexual Health Week and Month are really great because it's a collective of people that put that information out there to everyone rather than people having to know where to look for these things. There's places like 1-800-MY-OPTIONS, they have a September zine, which is really fantastic. The different women's health services in Victoria have some social media campaigns coming up for Sexual Health Week. And there's also the Action for Equity Partnership, which is going to be sharing some content this week too. Which is also important. I think sex and human sexuality and um, reproductive health is something that impacts all of us in some way no matter what our sexual identity is, we're all participants in in the conversation, whether we want to be or not. So shining a spotlight on it's really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what's so great about Sexual Health Week is that it's it just sort of makes this time each year where lots of different organisations can bring, you know, their different aspects and their areas of expertise and highlight sexual health information that's relevant and really important to the different communities that they work with. For sure. So speaking of sexual health, we talk a lot about viral hepatitis and how one of the ways that it can be prevented or mitigated is by safer sex practices. Um, Could you tell us a little bit more about safer sex? Sure. Um, So I think I'm going to throw something in here that's a little bit different to what normally gets spoken about. 
with safer sex and that's bringing up the topic of pleasure because I think it's such an important part of it and we definitely can't ignore pleasure as part of sex and I think that when we do allow it to be centered then we can encourage people to do things that feel right for them and to make sure that there's space held for communication and consent and I think that those two things are some of the most important for creating a sense of safety around sex but of course I also think that it's definitely essential that safer sex conversations involve being informed about the risks and responsibilities of sexual activity so education around that is really important too um, and I think conversations that I often have with um, communities about safer sex in terms of this is that, you know, to be sexually active means that um, that comes with a chance that you might be exposed to uh, an STI, a sexually transmitted infection or a BBV, a bloodborne virus. And that's definitely not a reason to prevent you from enjoying sex, um, but it does mean that there are some responsibilities about making sure that you put some measures into practice and I think I'll just run through a couple now, but um, using protection is definitely one of those. So using a barrier during sexual activity, like a condom, when you have sex, is, um, it's the most effective way to prevent the transmission of STIs. Um, so that would include using condoms um, or dental dams. And the other thing is testing. So it's really important to get tested regularly for STIs and BBVs. Um, and that's because you don't always know that you have an STI. Um, there's often um, STIs that don't have noticeable symptoms. So the only way to be certain um, is to get tested. Um, and you can do that for free at um, sexual health clinics, or community health organisations or you can choose to go to your GP but yeah I think going back to what I mentioned earlier um, around consent and communication that it's really important that you have that before and during and after any sexual activity because it's it's so important that there's mutual and enthusiastic consent and when you give consent it also means being clear on the use of protection and as well as what sexual activity is happening, just to make sure that everyone feels safe and it's actually going to be an enjoyable and pleasurable experience for everyone. I'm so excited that you brought up consent and communication as part of safer sex as a topic. It's incredibly important. And I think referring back to what you said earlier, there has been a shift in conversations that we've been having. I think particularly with younger people around consent and around what's acceptable and how we can actually have these conversations with our partners and I think that's really really important. Absolutely. Uh, are there any other areas of sex and sexuality that you think are important to discuss like what are you passionate about? Oh uh, <laughs> I reckon I could go on for hours if I could about that. Um, <laughs> I just think so much of it is so important in its own way um, and you know like sex and sexuality it's it's part of our identity and and who we are um, we all experience it it's going to be in different ways but it's something that we all experience so 
I think that there's discussions that need to be had around it um, throughout our entire lives as our sexuality changes and as our knowledge changes and our identity changes. Um, but yeah, I think the thing that I find I'm really passionate about is um, education and um, making sure that that's sex positive, which I guess means making sure that, you know, there's no shame and fear around conversations about sex or, you know, people wanting to have pleasurable sex and putting measures into place to make sure that that's what they're going to experience. I think that's a really wonderful thing, but that's going to take like a lot of work because we've all sort of grown up with so many messages about sex being taboo or sex needing to be a certain way and there's so many expectations about our bodies and what sex should look and feel like that I think what I'm really really passionate about is just encouraging people to reflect on those things and what they've learned and you know try things out differently and think about sex differently and especially with younger people um, to just allow them to explore their sexuality without any sort of rigid gender roles or stereotypes about who they should be. And do you find that those conversations and that paradigm is shifting to something that's more positive for people to be open to being who they are and maybe that being a fluid construct? Yeah, I definitely like to think so. Working with a lot of young people, I just feel like I'm constantly amazed at the insights and just like how articulate young people are with sharing things about their identity and like their reflections that they've had. I just think it's really amazing that young people have spent time thinking about who they are and who they want to be and, you know, pushing back on those really rigid stereotypes and expectations that kind of weren't challenged so much in the past so yeah I've definitely noticed a shift and you know a lot of that's been driven by young people which I think is really amazing. So with Sexual Health Week in mind what is your take-home message this is probably the hardest question of the whole interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, take-home message I think if there was one thing I would suggest to listeners today it's to just keep in mind that um, your sexuality is totally natural and normal and unique to everyone. But for Sexual Health Week, I think maybe just go out and think of some ways that you can centre your needs when it comes to sex. Um, it's really important that we recognise our pleasure and think about our, our health and exploring your body whether that's with yourself or with someone else and communicating with your sexual partners um, or maybe it's just, you know, having a look at different contraception options or booking in for an STI check. There's just do something for yourself about your sexual and reproductive health that maybe you wouldn't think about normally. And I would also say go and check out some of Women's Health West's resources around sex and sexuality if you go to www.womenswhwest.org.au um, you'll come across the consent empowerment and respect campaign which provides a range of 
educational information about sexuality and identity, as well as like where to get quality healthcare from. And then there's also the Take Up Space um, web series, which you'll be able to get some really great insight on some of those young people's voices I was talking about just earlier. That's at takeupspace.org.au. And also just keep your eyes peeled on um, our social media pages for some upcoming content for Sexual Health Week. Very exciting. Thank you so much for your time today. And thank you so much for your insights into sexual and reproductive health. It's been incredibly valuable. Thank you so much for having me and for providing the space to chat about um, sex. It's always really great to have that. Thanks for listening to another episode of Liver Talk. For information, visit our website at liverwell.org.au or call the Liver Line on 1800 703 003.